Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. We are excited to continue our series today, Jesus and where pretty much the whole year we've been looking at the life of Jesus, and we've been looking at what Jesus said about different things, and so we are excited to continue that today. Uh, Before we do, though, I'm going to ask that you stand up with me one one more time. We are going to prepare ourselves to receive God's word today, and really every single Sunday, my prayer is that you would not see this Sunday service as some sort of religious box that you check. But you would, you would know that when we come together corporately as the church, individually as you are a follower of Jesus, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus today, and we, we want to say that's okay, you're welcome. We pray that by, the, that, that by the conclusion of today's service that you would maybe even consider following him. But um, that, that you know that as you come here today, that we just aren't here in the presence of each other. We are here in the presence of God, and his spirit is here. Yeah. And whatever you, walk, you, whatever you walked in with today, God has the power to change a mindset, an addiction. And I mean, you know, it's like we believe that God is present. And that it's, it's not that he's not present, but sometimes we need to be made aware of it. And one of the ways he shows himself present is through worship, but also through God's word. So what we're praying today is that as we dive into God's word, that the power of the Holy Spirit would, would speak to you. Um, because, because here's the thing, I don't know what you need, but the spirit of God does. And so kind of like eat Sunday, I'm like, Lord, I got something prepped. I've prayed, I've, I've done what I feel like I can do, but Lord, now I need you to do what only you can do. And that's what the whole, and that, and that's what we trust each Sunday. So, uh, so we're going to have a prayer on the screen behind us. And if you would just join in with me, if you wouldn't mind, if you feel comfortable, lift up hands, just as a simple way to posture ourselves to receive today. Um, and I'm going to start the prayer, and if you would just join in with me, and let's pray this prayer together, um, and let's prepare ourselves to receive God's word today. Spirit of God, you are here, and you are moving, speaking, challenging, comforting, convicting, and forming me to be like Jesus. Today, open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, our hearts to feel, and our spirits to discern what you are saying to us. Let us be not just hearers of your word, but doers of the word. Amen and amen. Give someone a high five and you can have a seat. You, you can have a seat. and We're going to need God today because we are preaching today on the subject of Jesus and tithing. Oh yeah, some of y'all are like, great, I came to the tithing message. If I would have known this was going to be it, I would have been out. I would have made myself busy. But you know how we do at LifeHouse. We aren't about guilt, shame. We just simply give you God, God's word and trust the Holy Spirit will speak to you and talk to you. And if you've been in church, you know the word tithing. If you haven't been in church, you might have heard that word and some of the connotations surrounding that, that word. And I just pray to bring some clarity today. I just pray, you know, some of you might leave more confused. Fused. And so I, I really am trusting the Lord today to kind of speak, speak to us today. Um, and, and, and really, you know, talking about money is never easy and nothing that I think a pastor wants, wants to do. 
But it's actually odd because Jesus spoke about it more in his ministry than heaven, hell, prayer, or faith. He talked about money, and he talked about possessions, and, and, he, and he basically said, like, what you do with those, with those sorts of things really plays a huge part in the development of your heart and in your discipleship with the Lord. And sometimes, I, you know, like, you know, what God has called me to do as the pastor of this church is to shepherd the flock of God under my care, and so that is what I pray to do today. And I, you know, I feel like always whenever I talk about money, I always want to give you a financial, a, a financial update on our church to let you know this message is not being shared because we're in need, Right? So I want to do that really, really quick and just kind of show you up till October 1st, giving to our, to our church where the money has been spent and things like that, just so you can be in the, in, in the know. I have a couple of testimonies to share. Can we go ahead and put that up? So can you actually put up the first, the first slide, please? Uh, that, that one there. So, so, so far, giving-wise, in 2023, we have received $554,296. And you can actually see here our, our giving over the lifespan of our church. And what I love is that each year our church has gotten progressively generous. This is, yeah, this is give God praise for that. You can see each year, you can see each year the percentage that our church has grown in generosity, and this year we're actually tracking by hopefully December 31st to actually trend um, upwards about 10, 11% this year. And really, I shared that with you to celebrate the fact that God is working on hearts to be more generous. The vision of our church is, is dependent on your generosity. See, here's the thing, right? We have vision, but we will move at the speed of our corporate generosity, right? But, but I shared this with you just, just to share, like, God has been really good to us this year. What's even amazing is that even during COVID, our giving grew. <laughs> I mean, only God, right? <laughs> I know a lot of pastors and churches are giving dipped. And, and so we just want to sincerely say thank you for being obedient and listening to the Lord and investing into what God is doing here. And just to give you a snapshot real quick of what we've done this year with the finances, you can kind of see the pie chart here. You can, you can kind of see what we've spent on manpower. We, we kind of break our budget up into kind of five or six M's, um, manpower, meeting space, ministries, missions, motion. And then we've got one more M, margin, where we have savings. And really, I share this to let you know our church is, is in a very strong financial position. And we want to give God praise for that. Yeah, and it's because of your generosity. We've been smart. We've been kind of smart making sure because we want to be ready. If there's a God opportunity that comes, we want to be ready to pounce on it, right? If God opens up a building, my God, whenever you want to do that, Lord, uh, we would appreciate, you know? Um, um, so, so really, I share that, that with you to let you know the message today isn't coming from a place of we need. The message today is coming from a place of Jesus spoke about it. We need to speak on it. Okay, and and so y'all y'all good y'all got my heart. If it's your first time, I'm sorry you have to sit through this. But I'm praying that the Lord will speak to you to today. Okay, all right, let's dive in. Jesus and tithing. Now, in the ministry of Jesus, you only see two specific places where Jesus talks about tithing. And just to kind of cl clarify, tithing means tenth. And really, the context of that is is that within the Old Testament law. God, who was trying to form a people to be like himself, really when God chose Israel, 
He chose them to say, I want you to be different from every other nation around you, so I'm going to give you a law, I'm going to give you guidelines to help govern you, so you will look different than the world around you. And so that's where we get the kind of the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the law, and then you've got kind of the history of, of Israel and a, lot of the pre, in, in a lot of the preceding books. And you can, you can kind of see kind of the heart behind God giving laws and guidelines was to help them become a certain kind of person to ultimately become like himself. Because you know, God doesn't ask us to do something because he needs anything. Right? He asks us to do things not because he needs it, because we ultimately need it. And, and so one of the things in the Old Testament law, he said to his people, he said, hey, give a tenth to the Levitical priest. The Levitical priest, they were the ones that operated the temple worship. Give 10% to them so they can live and function and use the, and, and, you know, and basically fund temple worship and give to those who are leading the temple worship so they can continually do worship and, and, and kind of create a space for people to worship. And so with this in mind, this is the context that Jesus came into when he was doing his public ministry, is he was a Jew who followed the law, and so he would have Pharisees, and he would have people come to him and ask him different questions about the law. And you can actually see a couple times here that we're gonna actually document that, that Jesus talks about tithing, that, that's kind of the context that we find ourselves in here. The first one we're going to actually do is Matthew 23, verse number 23. And this is the, like the context here is Jesus is opening up a can on the Pharisees. I'm not telling you what the can was, but you know, I think you're catching my drift. Because the, like the context here, the, these are actually called the seven woes where Jesus is speaking specifically to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, because, and I actually spoke about this last week in Jesus and hypocrisy. He was getting on them because they were the religious leaders, but they were living a certain way on the outside, but on the inside, Jesus said they were full of dead man's bones and they were actually a whitewashed tomb. That they were doing things to, for people to see on the outside, but not actually following it with their heart. And, and one of the things that Jesus point, points out here, right, because um, is, is they would magnify different parts of the law as more, important than, is, as more important than some other parts of the law. And that's what Jesus says here. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth. You give a tithe of your spices, your mint, your dill, and you're coming. And Jesus was talking about like the least important things that would be in someone's house. So, so he's like, you just don't tithe off of your grain or off of what you get as an employee. You just don't tithe off of, off of your wine, your olives, like all of this stuff. You tithe to the, you tithe like your, out of your spice rack. That's how deep you tie. Like, you tithing out your spice rack. Like, can you imagine y'all getting your spice rack, dumping out some mint, you know? Like, he, he, he says, like, y'all like, give a tenth of that, but you have neglected. Everyone say neglected. Neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He says, you should have practiced the latter. So he's not saying don't, don't do the mint dill coming thing, but it, it's not an excuse to not practice the other thing. Right, so this is one context where Jesus speaks about tithing. The other one is, is when he was telling a parable, a story. And this is found in Luke 18, 9 through 14. This is what Jesus said. To some who were, or 
This is the writer, um, the, the gospel writer Luke. He documents this. He said, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So he, Jesus here is basically saying those in that culture who are the best of the best and the worst of the worst. He's, he says, two men went up, a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people. <laughs> what a prayer. Robbers, evil doers, doers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week and I give all, and I give a tenth of all I get. So he's basically declaring his own righteousness. It says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the only two times the word tithe or tenth, whatever, is mentioned in the ministry of Jesus, which kind of leaves us at a point of like, well, was we, we know tithing is talked about in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and kind of like Jesus says, okay, you should do it, but you shouldn't neglect this, but Jesus was speaking to a mainly Old, Old Testament crew. He said he was bringing the new covenant. He was bringing something new, not the old. And then you get into the New Testament, and it doesn't specifically use the word tithing in the New Testament. And what this has created is, honestly, you go online and you search this, and it will be divided, really divided. Pastors that I greatly, res- like pastors that I greatly respect that I know from a distance and those that I know personally think differently about tithing. Some will passionately preach, if you give a tithe, the other 90's blessed, and if you don't tithe, you're cursing God, you're robbing God. Some people are like, we're not under the old law that used Malachi and all those Old Testament scriptures. We're under the new covenant of grace, and our giving should come from a cheerful heart. It should be generous and, sac- and sacrificial. And, and, and so, but it's how passionate both sides preach it. And so that's why today, I hope you don't leave more confused than clear, but I, I, I want to try as best as I can to help clarify in the best way I can and just through prayer and kind of just, just like saying, Lord, what are you doing? Um, and, and, and so I'm, I've, I've kind of got four categories that we're going to dive into today. Um, the first one's this. Um, why I'm for tithing, why I'm not for tithing, what Lifehouse teaches, and some final thoughts. So you're going to even be more confused. No, but I want to share, share, share with you from the Bible, but also to some personal experiencing why I'm for tithing, why I personally struggle with tithing as, as being a law that we are called to follow 100% for all Christians all times. I want to share with you where our church stands and teaches on this topic, and then just share some final thoughts to send us off today. Does that sound good? Okay, why I am for tithing. Number one, it, it has clear biblical backing enough to where you can't just dismiss it, Right? Numbers 18, 2 Chronicles 31, Nehemiah 10, Leviticus 27, Genesis 14, Genesis 26, Deuteronomy 12, Proverbs 3, 
all speak to this concept of tithing. Like I said, we just read the words of Jesus as well. He mentions it. And so to me, there is enough that we can't just say, we got to just dismiss it and just put it off. Because some, some things are principles, Right, here's the, here's the thing, right? We can look at the Old Testament and right, we can rightly say it's like Jesus said he freed us from the curse of the law, from the burden of having to follow the law. So we so that we praise God for that, that, that we don't have to look at all of the laws in the Old Testament and be like, we have to carry the burden of following this. We have Jesus who came and fulfilled the law for us, who did what we could not do. I agree. I agree with that, but some things we have to look at and say, is it a law or is it actually a, a good principle to live by? And there is a huge difference. Law is like, I have to. Principle is like, this might actually be good for my health. There's nothing in the New Testament that explicitly demands we take a Sabbath day. But man, it's a pretty good practice to have. There's nothing in the New Testament that says you have to take a Sabbath day, like especially in the New Testament. The Old Testament, it was one of the top 10. So I think just because it's only mentioned in the Old Testament doesn't mean we just throw it out. Maybe it's, it's, it's something we say, it's, you know what, this could actually be a principle that is actually as we said, God doesn't ask us to do anything that, 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 that is because we need it or is, or is because he needs it. Maybe it's because we need it. So I think we have to consider the fact that, 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 that there's, clear biblical, there's clear biblical mentioning here. Number two, why I'm for tithing. It makes sense as a way to fund the work of the ministry. The purpose of tithe in the Old Testament was to fund the work of the temple and Levites, the one who worked in the temple, who were the priests and dedicated to serving God's house, but also the tithe was actually a way, a practical way for God's people to put God first. So it fueled ministry, but it was formative for the people. It fueled and formed. Right, Proverbs 3, this is what it says. It says, and this is Proverbs. We all love Proverbs, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, like we love Proverbs. This is what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. It was an agrarian culture back in the day. So it, it was very like, you know, people maybe didn't get incomes, but they had ways of kind of providing for themselves. And so it says one of the ways to honor the Lord, to actually put him first, was to put him first in what you had. So it was actually a practical way to show the posture of your heart. And not only did it show the posture of your heart, it was also a way, like I said, to fund the work of the temple. And so coming into kind of our day, the New Testament era, we can actually see in all like parts of, of the Bible, Israel, Jesus, in the church, all, like, ministry happens because people fund it. Israel was, I mean, I don't know if you even know this, Jesus was funded. I, I can't tell you how long I read the book of Luke until I read, until I guess I really read it. 
and I read Luke 8, and it says Jesus was supported by rich women. Yeah, <laughs> by rich women. It says they financially supported him and the disciples so they could go and do the work of the ministry. Because some of you are, well, Jesus did what Jesus did because Jesus was Jesus. No, like Jesus was supported. In the, you know, in the, in the New Testament, we can see that the Paul encourages churches to set aside something weekly to, to give towards the work of the ministry. Paul, he supported pastors and leaders, elders in the church in being compensated and paid for, for the work that they do. So I, I think it's just important because I think some people think maybe the churches are supported by their denomination or they're supported by the government. No. Most churches, like, like, all, like churches are supported by those that receive from the ministry. And so to me, it makes sense that if God would tell the Old Testament temple, hey, the way that this thing is going to be funded, and even when it says bring the tithe into the storehouse, Malachi 3, it's, it's, it's like the temple was supposed to be a place of bountiful blessing to where when there was a need, it could be met. So I think, you know, and, and like I said, this is kind of more my thoughts intertwined with principles we see in the Bible. So second, I think it makes sense as a way to fund the ministry. Third, giving a percentage, a tithe, better helps to establish a spirit-led discipline of giving and generosity. One of the things that I think we miss when, we, when it comes to giving is the formative nature and the grip of greed that comes off of us when we intentionally say, I'm going to have a discipline of giving. Because normally we'll say, like, I'll give when I feel led. And I just, I, I you know what, there can be spirit-led giving. I agree. The Holy Spirit can speak to you and say give. And, 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 and I, I'm for that, but I think a level of giving, before we get to a spirit-led level, what is developed before we hit a spirit-led level is a disciplined level of giving. Where it's, it's not if, because here's the thing, no part of your Christian walk develops when you say, I feel led to. I'll love when I feel led. I, I'll have joy when I feel it. I will love my enemies when I feel led. <laughs> Said no one ever, right? That, that sort of thing is, is developed through daily disciplines. Like no one is in a practical level. No one's like, you know, I'll work out when I feel led. I'll stop eating ice cream when I feel led. Like are, are y'all hearing my heart on that? That, that as you put in place a disciplined structure of putting God first and intentionally giving, what it actually does is it has the power to loosen the grip of greed and fear that many of us have about money. Y'all, Jesus spoke, spoke, about, spoke about money, like in, I think it's like one-third or two-thirds of his teachings are simply just about money, and mainly it went to worry, anxiety, and the fears we have surrounding it. He actually said, we cannot serve Jesus and money because money is, is the greatest force. And, many, and just think, how, how many marriages and relationships have been 
destroyed by money. Money worries and money woes. And, and that's to say, it, it is a spiritual thing. And in order for us to even develop in our discipleship to Jesus and releasing the grip of greed and that fear we have around God providing, I see one of the most intentional things we can do is have a disciplined way of giving that is not reactive but is proactive and puts God first. Lastly, and this is the least important of these reasons, personal experience. (laughs) And I share this hum- humbly, like not in it. I mean, I grew up in a tithing church, man. It was, it was, it was Malachi 3 every Sunday. And those who know Malachi 3, you know what I'm talking about. They would scare you to tithe. You ain't tithing. You're going to hell, all right? It's like, you cursing God, you robbing God. And so I think that might have been a little bit of the reason I started, like even when 16 years old, man, like just, it, it, it's, it's just, it's not even a debate. It's just something that I that just did. And, you know, guys, it's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I struggled with is that when they would talk about tithing, they would bring people up and they would say, oh, I tithed and I got a $100,000 check in the mail from nobody. It just happened. <laughs> and supernatural debt can- cancellation. And, oh, my God, you, you know, my muscles grew bigger because I tithed. And the wrinkles on my face melted off, you know, and. And it was like all of these testimonies, and you're like, yeah, well, I know that guy's tithing. He's got, still got wrinkles on his face. You know, it's like you just, you just kind of have this cynicalness towards it, you know. And, you know, but, but it's, it's, I mean, I, I've tithed for 24 years. I mean, and I don't stand up here, like, in any way, like, being, being like this is a pyramid scheme, give to get thing. But I, I can't deny the goodness and faithfulness of God. First off, in my heart, because here's here's the thing: as as you oh, here's the thing: as you become disciplined in doing the mundane stuff, the spirit-led stuff becomes even easier. Because now, when God's like, "Give this person money," most of the time, I'm not saying all the time, but most of the time, I'm like, "Bet," because sometimes I'll do it and I'll even laugh of knowing God. I can't wait to see how you how you gonna work. Can't wait. Because I've seen it. I've seen it. It does something in the spiritual realm. Like it, it helps God. Un- like it, it's just something you can't knock until you tried it. I mean, my wife, when we first started LifeHouse, this was the craziest one. It's like when we first started LifeHouse, you know, the, the salary was kind of low and, you know, we were scraping by a little bit. For a year and a half, I'm not even kidding, we got an envelope, an envelope mailed to us with $100 cash in it every Friday. Every Friday. No name. Just the just just our address. $100 cash. I'm like if I was the mailman, I would have seen this and be like, "Oh, this is kind of consistent." <laughs> Listen, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But literally every every Friday. A year and a half. And that became our kind of like we can go and do stuff as a family money. And, you know, you know, like, I, so I, I don't want to give the whole, duh, 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 but it's just like, I, I just think we have to be careful of going two ways with this. Number one, be like, I did it, and I didn't see nothing, and, you know, God, duh, 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 or, you know, like, I'm not doing it because I don't really trust, God. you know, it's, it's like, it, I, I think you got to give it time, 
And I think the, the blessing and the return on being proactively generous is not just the money you get back, but it's kind of the freedom in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. And, and so really one of the least important reasons that I share I'm for tithing is, is just that I, I really, that like I've, I've, I've seen it. And I think sometimes, right, like we want to have a testimony, but we never put ourselves in a place to have a test. It's like we can be so scared. And, I'm, and, and, and I mean, honest, honestly, y'all, like sometimes, like God can't move in some of y'all's lives and finances because he doesn't have any room. That's even one of, one of the things that tithing does is it creates room for God to do what only he can do. And so I just want to challenge you, give them, give them some room. Y'all doing okay? Y'all don't hate me? Okay. All right, now let me share with you why I'm not for tithing. Are y'all confused? <laughs> but if you go online, you're just, you're just going to be more confused anyway, okay? Uh, why, I, why I'm not for tithing. Number one, it's not explicitly mandated in the New Testament. So I kind of judge it. When I talk about anything, I say, what does the Old Testament say? What, what does, what does kind of creation, the law, Moses, the Old Testament say? What did Jesus say? What did Paul and the New Testament say? Then I get other voices to kind of say, what, what have they heard and they seen? And then I try to put together a sauce and give it to you. Because I think that's being faithful to God's word. It's not cherry picking a verse to say what I want it to say. I'm submitting myself to the word to say, Lord, what are you saying? Right? And, and so one of the things that I see with tithe is, it, and is, is that it's not explicit. I mean, you don't hear Paul saying, give a tenth. Right? So what I see in the New Testament is that giving in the New Testament is, is more prescribed than defined. Basically, it gives qualities around it instead of giving a definite amount. So some of the things it says in the New Testament, it, it's kind of this principle of sowing and reaping. Second Corinthians, a main part where Paul was talking about giving, says if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Paul is just saying here, this is an eternal principle of sowing and reaping. But if you want to, if, if you want to harvest, you know what you have to have in the ground whenever it starts to rain? Seed. And one of the ways you put seed in the ground is by being generous. Not just with the church, but with, with just, just with kind of the world and those around you. So it's, it's more prescribed than defined. Another quality, 2 Corinthians 9, is free from guilt. Paul is like, be a cheerful giver. Like, don't give out of guilt or compulsion. And if anything, this is my heart for our church, that you would see investing in the work of God here as not an I have to, but a I get to. You would see it as like, I'm so excited to give this because of what God is doing, not just through our church, but in me through the ministry of this church. That it would just, it would be a joy, that it would not be a burden, that it would be cheerful. And then he even says generous, even sac sacrificial, like generous and sacrificial. And so you can see how it's not specifically mentioned by Paul as being a mandate for all Christians, all times, all places, but giving is more prescribed than defined. Is that helpful? And also I think we have to realize like Jesus raised the bar on things. 
Do you remember in scripture there were times he would say, you've heard it said, but now I tell you. Basically, you've heard the Old Testament say, but now I'm raising the standard. And so I think that's important for us to keep in mind when it comes to giving. Next, for some, tithing isn't a sacrifice. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, some people are doing extremely well and they view their tithe, their tenth as, as, as kind of tipping God. Like, okay, God, you got yours. Now I can do mine. And I, I just think that, that it's important for us to, to like, realize, you know, you know, tithing is really good. But, but if, if God is blessed, he, a lot of us pray for more, but all you're praying for is more responsibility. Because Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is what? Required. Statistically, what it actually shows when it comes to giving in the church, the more people make, the less they give. Because, you know, if you make 10,000 bucks or if you make 100 bucks, you're like, ah, 10 bucks, whatever. 1,000 bucks, oh, 100, oh, I could get me a good meal at Finn, you know. Or, you know, you're like, then you're like 10,000 bucks, dang, 1,000 bucks. Then you're like 100,000 bucks. Dang, that 10,000, bro. Right? You kind of see how, how it, could, it could be harder to give as you make more, as God blesses you with more. But I think it's important to know that if God has blessed you, if you have abundance, instead of saying, God, I'm gonna give you what you want so I can keep what I want, without realizing it's God just doesn't want the 10, he want, a hundred of it is his. It's not like you give God his 10 to keep him away from the 90. You say, Lord, you've got full control over the 100. And I want to be disciplined in my giving, but I also want to make sure that I am also spirit-led as well. Because the Lord might speak to you to give and give generously just beyond the church into needs you see around you, ministries you see around you. And so I think it's important we have to realize that, that I, I, I'm not a huge fan of tithing because some people keep it as like, what I do to keep God off my back. But also, too, for some, less than tithing is a sacrifice. And this is the one I think that kind of like got me, is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not gonna tell people who are struggling, like, you're cursed if you don't tithe. I just, maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that. And I feel like, Tithing is something you almost have to work your way towards so, so, it, so, so you see the heart behind it. There's trust in who you're giving to, and you can work towards that. But I can also see, like, how if you pray and you're like, man, like, I, I can give 3%, and that is what you've decided in your heart to give, and you're cheerful with that, and, you, and that is generous and sacrificial for you, and that is where you're at. You know, I don't, I don't want to be like, well... You're cursed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, just I, I just, yeah. Do y'all see my heart in that? And I, I, I think, but it does come down to like how, you know, how do we define generous? Because I think we might all have different definitions, and I think there's some questions we can ask ourselves about whether something is generous, like, you know, really ask the question is, does what you're giving hurt a little bit? Does it actually provoke some restraint on your spending? 
does it, um, d- does it almost conjure up and produce faith in God? And that's, that's where I, th- I think for those that are, that are like, we're not called to tithe. If we're not careful, that can become an excuse to not give anything. And it's almost like, well, I don't have to do this. So in your heart, you're like, I don't have to do anything. And so that's why if you don't believe in the principle of tithing, you have to ask questions to help you define what is generous. You have to ask, like, does it hurt a little bit? Like, does it almost knock you down? And I mean, you know, and just being candid here, when Chris and I, we were going house searching, part of me was, was like, man, if we, had to, if we took that tithe, we'd get a lot better house. <laughs> right? But, but it was like, that's not even an option. Like, that's the, we're, we're not even going to mess with that because we see the purpose in that. So a part of it is it's gonna, we're not gonna be able to you know, get whatever, it's like, hey, but that, that's worth it for us because the most important thing about our lives is who we're becoming, not what we have, right? And so, but then too, like, does it force some restraint? Y'all, we live in a culture and world that just wants you to spend, 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 that is literally set up to get as much money out of you as it possibly can. So if, if you don't practice restraint on spending with the amount of commercialism, with the amount of commercials, with the amount of fear-mongering around us, you will give to God reactively based on what is left over instead of proactively act doing it in faith. And then, too, does it kind of put you in a place where you're trusting God? Because putting you in a place that's almost a, a little vulnerable can put you in a place for God to move in ways you never thought he could move in. All right, Every, everyone good? All right, now I'm going to talk to you about what we teach and encourage at LifeHouse. So taking the things like why I'm for tithing, why, why I'm not, you go online, it's all divided. Let me just tell you, just kind of give you, break down to you what, what we teach and encourage at LifeHouse, all right? First off, we teach proactive priority percentage-based giving. That is the most pastoral way to do anything because it's three Ps. Everyone say three Ps. Three Ps. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Okay, the first one is this, proactive. By proactive, I mean this. We are not reactive in our giving, giving God leftovers, we are proactive in first off making sure we're honoring God with our finances and saying we have a budget. So we're being proactive and then we're praying. So we have a budget. God, this is what I'm bringing in. This is what is going out. I've got a budget because I want to steward because you don't own nothing. You are a steward of everything. When we start to follow Jesus, we don't own. We, be, we, we, be, we go from being owners to stewards. A steward manages what is somebody else's for the benefit of the one that entrusted it to them. Y'all tracking? Owner says, this is mine, I got this, it's mine, and there's nothing in our lives that we treat that way as followers of Jesus. We are not owners, we are stewards. Therefore, since we are stewards, we ask the one that gave it to us, how do you want us to manage what you've entrusted to me? So we have a budget. We make sure we, we are cutting out what needs to be. Some of y'all need to go and ask, why is Amazon charging $15.99 four times? Apple. And I'm speaking to myself, okay? Like, where's this stuff going, right? But you have a budget 
that, is, that has in mind God putting him first to honor him, but also the ministry of what you are part of so ministry can move forward. You are proactive in that, not reactive. Because many times, think of your income as a pie, right? You cut the pie out, mortgage, you got the pie out, the car payment, you got the pie out. When, it, when you, know, you cut pies out, and then many times God is left over with them few pieces of apple pie, the few pieces of apple, those chunks of the crust that is there, and you're like, I got this, what I got. But as I say, if, if you don't have a budget, if you don't have discipline, then you'll just live by the whims of whatever desires you want that month, right? So priority, the second one is this. No, excuse me, proactive. The second one is priority. In other words, you understand the importance and the priority of money and giving and how that fuels the ministry of the church, but it also forms your heart in discipleship. So you understand the importance of it. You understand Jesus, the only thing Jesus said, like Jesus, you, can, you can't serve God and money. Greed and worry and fear and anxiety, all these things can be in when it comes to financial money things. And so you understand the priority it is. You understand the importance of it, the urgency of it to make sure it is considered in your discipleship. And the third one is percentage-based, sacrificial and generous, where we ask and urge and encourage each family to choose an amount of percentage to give where they are free from guilt, cheerful, generous, sacrificial, and understanding of the principle of sowing and reaping. This is what we encourage in our church. Proactive, priority, percentage-based. Percentage-based means you have prayed and you have said, God, this is what I'm going to honor you with first. This is not debatable on, you know, if Bath and Body Works is having their annual, and I'm just speaking maybe some anger from last month. Christian, this does not change. If Target is having a sale, y'all hearing my heart, right? Like, it is set because it's a disciplined way for you to fuel the ministry but form your heart. Proactive, priority, percentage-based. That is what, as a church, we teach and preach. All right, lastly, a couple thoughts, final thoughts. I think it's important to say giving and tithing is not a salvation thing. It's a discipleship thing. Listen, I just want to reiterate, God doesn't need your money. <laughs> he don't need it. But he don't ask you to, give, he, he don't ask you to do anything that, that he needs. He asks you to do it because you need it. It's a discipleship thing. It's a formational thing. Secondly, if you can't trust the church with your money, don't trust it with your soul or walk with God. Okay? This is important because just be careful of like, you'll go to a church and submit your soul, your walk with God in your heart, but you're like, ain't getting my money. That don't make no sense. Because your soul is a lot more important than, than your money. 
And, 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 and so if there is that feeling there, I can understand because this has been abused, y'all. Some of y'all were coming in like abused kids where you grew up like me and tithe or you're cursed and you don't, you know, and, and, and you've just felt a lot of guilt and shame around this. And so you've either hardened your heart, right? It's, it's in, or, or, you know, you, or we say things like, God, you know, God, you know, like, um, you know, like God, you know, God cares more about the heart, which I agree with that. But the way you show where your heart is is by what you do with your hands. So we can have slogans we say to kind of like defend stuff. So what I would, I would say is we understand if you're new to our church, like that, that's why we show you where the money's going, you know, like it's, it's like we want to build trust with you so you can be confident that if you invest in the ministry here, you believe in and trust in us as a leadership team and what we're doing and where we're going and what we have going on. And, and so there would be a trust there, but that it's just that like you'd be like, you know what, if, if I'm going to trust, if I'm going to get planted here so I can grow in my walk with the Lord and grow in the community with other believers, that, that, that then I will also trust, have enough trust to also invest proactive priority percentage base. Third, just feel like we need to be reminded, we don't give to get more earn, or earn God's favor. We give because God has already given. Any discipline God asks us to do is in response to what he's already done. So we are not the ones initiating. We are the ones responding. And this is so important. We don't give our lives because God's like mean. God gave his life first. God went first. I have heard people preach, and I thought this was a little whatever, but I thought this, this, this is kind of cool. It, it said Jesus was God the Father's tithe. That he gave his first and his best. I was like, I don't know about the, about the theology behind that, but that sounds good. That God gave his first and his best for us. Generous and sacrificial. And so I just feel like just letting you know, like giving, like giving is a response. It's not like you are giving to get God to act. You are giving in response to the God who has already acted. And that's why it's like you are just doing Simon Says, essentially. You're following the leader. Because when you give, for God so loved the world that he gave. So when you give, when we develop hearts of generosity and giving, what it actually does is it makes us be more like the God whom we serve. That's why giving, it feels, but it also forms. It is formation. You are never more like God than when you give. All right. Lastly, you can, Christian, please come up. We're going to land this plane. The last one uh, thought is this. And I feel like I've been referencing this a lot. James chapter 2, when James says, like, faith without works is dead. And basically, like, you know, one of the ways that we actually show what the belief is in our heart is when we actually do something. And so I really believe giving is one of the main ways we share and show the world, but also, too, that when it comes to our development as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's one of the ways we can act out the belief in our hearts is, is, is that we actually put feet to what our heart's desire is. 
And so my prayer today is that as you've heard this, is you wouldn't have heard guilt or shame. Like I tried to give you why, why I'm for it, why I'm not for it. Do y'all see how difficult this is to kind of share? Because I can't not see the whole picture. I could easily stand up here and be like, tithe or, cur- or, you're, or you're cursed. That'd be easier. <laughs> but it would be terrible. But I wanted to give you a full picture of what we teach as a church, the heart behind it, because, y'all, this is so important to y'all's discipleship. God's going to fund his church. We've seen it during COVID. So I'm not up, up here like, oh, please. It's like, y'all, let's join in on what God's doing. We get to join in. And then as we join in, what we actually see is, is that instead of just like what we see out here, I guarantee you will see your heart start to change. You will see your faith grow. When you hit a financial challenge, you will be reminded God is Jireh. He's provider. But many times in order to, to, to be like God is provider, you need a moment to, to need to be provided for. Okay. So here's the challenge, right? Here is, here, here is the challenge. Because some of you, you got this down pat. You're like, John, I know all this. I'm good. Some of you are like, eh, you know, and, and, it's, and it's like you might need a little boost. You, you might need a little challenge to maybe not knock it before you've tried it and maybe try it. So what we're going to do, just kind of, you know, just kind of throw out there for you, is called the 90-Day Giving Tithing Challenge. And churches have done this. This isn't anything special. But here are the steps. Number one, pray about a percentage to give for the next 90 days that you can cheerfully give that is generous and sacrificial. Let us, let us know you're doing this by texting 9090 to our church cell phone number, or, or, or not our cell phone number, our, our church, church number, 757-690-2401, so, we can, so you can let us know that you are participating in this. Third, go to www.give2lifehouse.com or scan the QR code, set up automatic giving or give weekly, monthly in the giving box. So actually follow through on the commitment you prayed about. And here's the thing. After 90 days, if you haven't seen the blessing, goodness, and faithfulness of God as you have given, like we will give your money back as, as benevolence, no strings attached, no questions. So this is, this is not a scheme. This is not like, just, just maybe like, just try it. Any spiritual discipline is basically essentially saying, what could God do if you did this? Really? And I just think, man, like we, we are that confident that as you put God first, as, as you pray and you say, what is proactive, priority, percent, like what is cheerful, generous for us, you give that, I, I can, I'm not gonna, but it's just, I think you'll see the faithfulness, goodness, and blessing of God. You will see him as provider. You'll see him as gyro. So if you want to be a part of that some, sometime today in the next, you know, just maybe you need to pray about it. Maybe you just need to take a picture of this screen here and just to kind of remind you of the prompt. But if this is something that you want to participate in and challenge yourself to do, I would highly encourage you to do it. Because I, I, I just, 
believe one of the ways that God is going to take us further is, is when our hearts become more generous and you're going to see the goodness and faithfulness of God. Everyone good? Stand up with me. Come on. And no one hates, no one hates, hates me. You hear my heart? I pray you've heard God, God's heart today. And as we're talking about giving, we can't forget that ultimately God gave first. That's why every Sunday we receive communion together. Because if there's anything that I don't want you to walk out forgetting is this, that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to know you. And so, t- and so today we're going to receive, we're going to close out our service today by receiving communion together. And if you need communion elements, if you just lift, lift a hand, raise it up, one of the ushers will get that to you. But really, what communion is, even at its core, is it's us responding to what God has done. We're celebrating the the gift that Jesus was. And Scripture tells us plainly that before we do this, we are to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. That's what I just want to encourage you to do right now. Let's just take some time. Maybe there's somebody in your family, at your job, in your circle that you need to just, you're holding a grudge against. You need to lay it down to today. Maybe there's a worry, there's a fear, there's an anxiety about a situation, a circumstance you have that that you need to give it to the Lord today. Maybe you have a sickness, an addiction, a disease that today you, you need to say, Jesus, I need you to be healer. Communion is also a physical way for us to know that Jesus is here right now. And so that is what I pray you feel and sense today is that you know Jesus is here and we're gonna pray for healing. We're gonna pray for God to save. We're gonna pray for God to do what only he can do. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we just thank you for today. We ask that before we receive the bread and the cup, God, that you would God, you would impress our hearts today on the next step that we need to take. Maybe today you would say, John, I, I can't say I'm following Jesus right now. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you've, come, you've been coming, but even maybe if you've been here, but, or maybe you were following Jesus at some other time, but if you were to just give an honest assessment as what it tells us to do before we receive communion to examine ourselves, maybe if you examine yourself today, maybe you would clearly say, John, like I'm, I'm not following Jesus, and today I want to make a decision to follow him. With every head bowed, every, every eye closed, this is a moment between you and God. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you on the count of three just to say yes. And that's the way we do it at our church. We normally don't have you raise, raise a hand, but it's just a way for you to say yes to Jesus. I say yes to you. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life to be Lord and Savior and King, and not just to save me from hell, but to be Lord of my life. Even as we sang in this song, God, your way is better. That's what following Jesus is. It's proclaiming your way is better. So on the count of three, if you want to do that today, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. On the count of three, just say yes. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. I just want to pray with those who said yes today. If you said yes, would you pray this? If you didn't say yes, let's join in with all those who said yes. This is a sign of unity and synergy. Pray this. Jesus, I make the decision today to follow you for the rest of my life. I just don't want to get out of hell. I surrender my life to you today.
all of it, the good, the bad. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross in my place and for my sins, yet rising and defeating Satan's sin and death. So in response, I give you all of me and I receive all of you. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch my mind. Touch my spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said yes. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.